Before podcasting, before the internet, before television, there was radio. The Astounding Outpost presents Classic Radio Pulp. The Sealed Book. Once again, the keeper of the book has opened the ponderous door to the secret vault, wherein is kept the great sealed book, in which is recorded all the secrets and mysteries of mankind through the ages. Here are tales of every kind, tales of murder, of madness, of dark deeds strange and terrible beyond all belief. Keeper of the book, I would know what tale we tell this time. Open the great book and let us read. Slowly, the great book opens. One by one, the keeper of the book turns the pages and stops. Ah, the strange story of an old lady who for 40 years lived alone in a huge old New England mansion, a mansion in which death was the master. The tale is titled, To Have and to Hold. Here is the tale to have and to hold, as it is written in the pages of the sealed book. Our story begins at a small New England railroad station, as a train stops to discharge a lone passenger. The passenger, a young, attractive girl of 20, looks about the station with an air of uncertainty. Looking for a cab, miss? Uh, oh, yes, please. Yeah, get right in. Here, I'll take your bag. Thank you. Uh, where to, miss? The Bradley Estate, please. Could you say a Bradley Estate? Why, yes. You know where it is, don't you? Uh, sure. Everyone does. Uh, in fact, I was just getting ready to go out there to deliver these packages. Oh, good. Miss, uh, are you sure you want to go out to the Bradley Estate? They ain't had a visitor in, in 40 years. Why, that's funny. You a Bradley? Yes. My family lives in California, and none of us have ever seen our relatives here in the East. I'm attending college nearby and thought I'd pay my aunt a surprise visit. Oh. 
Well, miss, I, I'd forget the idea if I were you to take the next train back. Oh, no. Not after I've come 70 miles. I'm not going back to college until I've seen my aunt. <laughs> Driver, please tell me what you know about my aunt. Well, just about the time I come to the village ten years ago to drive this cab, the old servant your aunt used to send for supplies died. Yes? She didn't get another servant, but hired me to bring supplies out to the estate once a week. I see. What does my aunt look like? I don't know, miss. I ain't never seen her. No one has seen her for 40 years. But you just said she'd hired you. Well, she did, but not directly. A banker fella come down from Boston and hired me. Didn't he go out to the estate to see her? No. He just arranged things in the village and took the first train back to Boston. Once in a while, your aunt writes to him. Oh. Well, what are in these packages you have for my aunt? Well, some of them have food, but mostly it's things she's ordered for her husband. Clothes, cigars, and books, and... Well, in fact, I got a new suit for him right here. Best that money can buy, too. I ain't never seen him, neither. Just doesn't make sense, does it? No, ma'am. It certainly don't. <laughs> Jane stared into the fast-falling dusk, seeking her first glimpse of her father's birthplace. As they turned into a private road, she was able to make out the many towers of the old mansion and the hundreds of windows, behind which was the unknown and the secrets of 40 years. I had no idea it'd be so large. There's over 80 rooms in it. Used to be a showplace 40 years ago. And the two of them live in that mansion? All alone? Yeah. There isn't a light showing in the whole house. No, hardly ever is. Well, come on. We go in the back entrance here. Just follow me. All right. That's it. Now I'll just set these packages I brought right down here on the porch. There. What's in that box you're picking up? A note from your aunt. Tell me what to bring for next week. Oh. Eh, seems your uncle's running out of cigars. Show me to order more. You going to knock? Uh, well, all right. Surely she heard the car approach the house. It, it ain't no use, miss. You better come back to the village with me. No. No, perhaps she'd open the door if you were to leave me here alone. Won't you please go? Well... Just as you say, miss, it, I just hope you'll be all right. Oh, I will. It's getting cold. I do wish she... She's unlocking it. As the door slowly swung open... Jane saw her Aunt Olivia for the first time. Olivia stood with one hand white and tense, gripping the door, while the other hand shakily held a lamp. 
The light revealed deep, savage lines in her strong face. Her voice trembled as she spoke. What do you want? I'm Jane Bradley, your brother Richard's daughter. Richard's daughter? Yes. May I come in? Yes. Yes, do. But we must be very quiet. I don't want to wake my husband. Oh, yes, of course. We'll go into the drawing room so as not to disturb him. The light of the lamp cast an eerie glow in the great hallway as Jean followed her aunt into what had once been the most beautiful drawing room in New England. Jane's eye was caught by a faded portrait over the fireplace. Whose portrait is that, Aunt Olivia? He's so handsome. Uh, that's my husband, Christopher. Oh. And he's just as handsome today as he was then. Everyone's always loved and admired him. I'm sure of that. That costume he's wearing, it's the one he wore the night of the New Year's Eve masquerade ball. Come, come, my dear, I'll show you the ballroom. to continue the story, to have and to hold, as it is written in the sealed book. Jane, a look of wonder on her face, followed her Aunt Olivia down a long, dark hall, a hall that was musty with decay. Olivia stopped and opened a large door. This is the ballroom. Why, it's... It's so huge. There were 500 people here that New Year's Eve. Oh, I can remember how beautiful the morning And Olivia, the lamp held high, stood entranced, as though listening to strains of music of long ago at that gay New Year's Eve ball, listening to a younger and happier Olivia. 
Oh, Chris, there's never been a ball like this, and I've never been so happy. Do you like my costume? Your costume? Oh, yes, it's very lovely. <laughs> Thank you, darling. Oh, Chris, you look wonderful as a Spanish cavalier. <laughs> the women can't keep their eyes off you. Where's your cousin Amy? Amy? Oh, the child is around somewhere. Chris, Chris, why don't we announce our engagement tonight? It would be a wonderful way to welcome in the year 1900. No. I mean, uh, uh, not tonight, Olivia. Why wait? I want everyone to know you're mine. Good evening, Olivia. Chris? Oh, Amy. Oh, you look like a dream in that costume. Thank you, Chris. Olivia, Judge Parker wants to see you for a moment. Oh, very well. Will you excuse me, Chris? Of course. I'll be back in a minute. Will you excuse me, Chris? I have to... Amy, wait. Why have you been avoiding me lately? I haven't been avoiding you. Chris, please let me go. You know that I love you, don't you, Amy? No, Chris. It's Olivia you love and are going to marry. Olivia and I will never be married. You don't know what Olivia's like when she can't get what she wants. And she wants you. You do love me, don't you, Amy? Yes, yes, but it's no use, Chris. Why, Olivia's my cousin. Her family brought me up. Just leave everything to me. Well, I thought I'd never break away from Judge Parker. Oh, Chris, darling. He wanted to know when you and I were going to announce our engagement. What? Why, Amy, is anything wrong? You look ill. No, I'm all right. I must see the housekeeper now. Please excuse me. Olivia, I want to talk to you where we won't be disturbed. Can't we go into the drawing room? Of course, darling. Come along. We won't be disturbed here. Now, what did you want to talk to me about? Olivia, I can't go through with our marriage. Oh, darling. Don't say that, even as a joke. I'm not joking, Olivia. I've never loved you. If I've spoken of marriage, it was because there wasn't anyone else. But now there is. Someone else? Who? Amy. Amy? So that's it. Well, she can't have you, do you hear? You're mine, and you always will be. And I'm not giving you up. You haven't any choice. Amy and I love each other, and we're going to no, be No, if I can't have you, no one else shall. Oh, Olivia, you're hysterical. Put that letter opener You're down. mine, and no one else is going to get you. No one. Olivia, give me that letter opener. No one shall have you. No one. Olivia, <clears throat> perhaps this will bring you to your senses. Ow! Look out, Olivia. Olivia. Olivia, speak to me. How is she, Doctor? She will be all right, won't she? Well, it was quite a serious blow she got on the back of her head. Oh, doctor, she's regaining consciousness. Oh, Chris. Chris, where are you? Here I am, Olivia. Where? Why don't you put the lights on? It's so dark in here. But the lights are... Oh, Chris, why is it so dark? Why can't I see? Now, Olivia, you're going to be all right. You've just lost your sight temporarily. You... You mean I'm blind? Chris, Chris, where are you? Don't leave me. I'm here, Olivia. Oh, Chris, don't leave me. I'm frightened, terribly frightened. No, 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 you mustn't worry. You heard what Dr. Marshall said. You've only lost your sight temporarily. Oh, you're just saying that to make me feel better. I know you are. I'd better give you a sedative so that you can sleep. You two had better leave now. You must, you must get some rest, Olivia. I'll be back later. Chris, you will come back. You will, won't you? Yes, of course. Good night. Good night, Olivia. Good night, Chris. 
Chris, what's happened is all my fault. No, Amy, it's mine. It was I who struck her and caused her blindness. Chris, no matter how we feel about each other, you can't leave her, now that she's blind. Yes, Amy, I know. Olivia and I will be married as soon as possible. A few weeks passed. Then one day, a small group gathered in the dining room to see Chris and Olivia married. The guests all remarked how radiant and happy the bride appeared. As the minister asked the time-honored question, do you take this man to love and honor, to have and to hold as long as you both shall live? The bride smiled happily as she agreed. Is that you, Chris? Yes, Olivia. Oh, it's getting so that I can recognize everyone's footsteps, particularly yours. Where were you, darling? I've missed you so. I was in the library, trying to work on my new book. But you weren't in the library when I sent my maid down to find you. Where were you then? Oh, I don't know. Probably walking in the garden. You will spend the afternoon with me, won't you, Chris? But I was planning to go back to work on my book this afternoon. Oh, darling, can't you let it go until tomorrow? I'm so lonely without you. All right, Olivia. Thank you, darling. I seem to be doing less and less work as time goes on. Please don't be angry. It's two months today since we were married. Two months today. Oh, and they've been the happiest months in my whole life. Oh, Chris, I couldn't live without you. Hello, Chris. Where's Olivia? She's in her room. Oh, Chris, you don't look well. Is anything wrong? Amy, I can't go on this way anymore. I've had about as much of Olivia in these past two months as I can stand. Oh, please, Chris, you mustn't talk like that. You don't know what it's like. She always wants to know where I've been, who I've seen, what I've been doing. She doesn't let me alone for a moment. You mustn't feel that way about it, Chris. Well, she loves you. Well, if it's love, it's an insane love. She's smothering me to death with her constant attention. Why, I haven't been able to work on my book for two weeks now. Yes, I know. I can't escape from her for a moment. When I'm not with her, she has the servants spying on me. Oh, no, Chris, you must be mistaken. I'm not, I tell you. I can't go on this way much longer. I just can't. Is that you, Amy? Yes, Olivia. I've come to read to you. Where's Chris? What's he doing? He's in the library writing. But I wanted him to read to me this evening. Now, Olivia, you know how anxious Chris is to finish his book. With all the money I have, he doesn't need to waste his time writing books. It's more than just money, Olivia. Chris writes because he has the desire to. Yes. And you encourage him, don't you, Amy? Well, I won't have it. I... Why, Amy, you're wearing my brooch. Well, this brooch isn't yours. It's a duplicate I had... Olivia, how did you know I was wearing this brooch? Oh, I... Olivia, you can see. You're no longer blind. Well, what if I can? It's none of your business. All this time you've been pretending, keeping it a secret from Chris and all of us. I suppose now you're going to tell him. Then he won't feel obligated to me anymore, and the two of you can go away together. That's what you're going to do, isn't it? I am going to tell Chris, but I'm not going away with him, Olivia. You're lying. You've always wanted him, always. You hate me because I'm married to him. Olivia, you're becoming hysterical. You must control yourself. If it weren't for you, he'd love me. He was mine until you came along. 
But you aren't going to come between us any longer. Olivia, what's wrong with you? Stay away from me. With you gone, he'll be mine. Olivia, you mustn't... <laughs> Olivia! I'll strangle you with my own two hands like this. And with you gone, I'll always have Chris. Always, always. There. I didn't want to kill you, Amy. But you tried to take Chris from me. Oh, if they find her body here like this, they'll put me in prison. And then I'll lose Chris. Oh, I must do something. If her, if her body were badly burned, they, they couldn't tell I'd murdered her. Yes. Yes, that's it. I, I could say I heard her lighting the lamp, and, and there was an accident, and her clothes caught on fire. I was helpless. Yes. Yes, that's it. I must burn her body, and then they'll never know I killed her. to continue the story, to have and to hold, as it is written in the sealed book. The weeks that followed Amy's accidental death were full of anguish for Chris. More and more he took to drink, trying to forget the death of the girl he loved. Oh, darling, you've been drinking so much lately. Well, what else is there to do? Oh, Chris, you mustn't talk like that. Why not? Now that Amy's dead... What difference can it make? Oh, Chris, please. The only way I can bear to live with you is to drink. Chris, how can you be so cruel? You know I'd do anything for you, anything. You've done enough. I'm through. I'm leaving you, do you understand? No, Chris, you can't. You're mine, do you hear? You can't leave me. You've done nothing to make me love you. Now we're through. No. No, you can't say that. Not after I killed to keep you. Killed to keep me? Oh, I see. Amy's burning to death wasn't an accident. Was it? Chris, was it? Chris, my arm, you're hurting. It wasn't an accident, was it? No! She found out 
that I wasn't blind anymore, that I'd recovered my eyesight. I couldn't let her tear you and spoil everything. Murder. I only did it because I love you it's so. It's an insane love. A love that destroys everything. I did it all for you, Chris. There's only one thing left for me to do. Chris! Chris, no! You needn't be afraid of this gun, Olivia. I'm not going to kill you. Chris! This gun is the only escape I have from my memories. And from you. Oh, no, Chris, you can't. You know how much I love you. As Aunt Olivia stood there entranced, reliving memories 40 years old, the lamp cast an eerie glow on her face. Lost in the memories of the past, she forgot about her visitor. Aunt Olivia. Oh, yes. You seemed so far away, as though you were recalling memories of long ago. Oh, I'm sorry. For the moment, I forgot you were here. Yes. Yes, Chris and I still talk about that masquerade party. You think I might see Uncle Christopher? Yes, yes. But we mustn't wake him if he's asleep. Oh, no, of course not. Here, I'll, I'll carry the lamp, Aunt Olivia. His room is at the head of these stairs, on the right. Don't you think you ought to have the house cleaned, Aunt Olivia? Everything's so old and dusty. Oh, Chris won't hear of anything being changed. I do hope he likes this new suit I've ordered for him. He's always been so particular. Was this his room? Yes. Now, be very quiet while I open the door. Chris? Chris? Are you awake? We have a visit. Is it all right for me to come in, Aunt Olivia? Yes, yes. But you mustn't disturb him. I won't. It's so dark in here and this lamp doesn't give much light. I hope Uncle Christopher doesn't. <gasps> oh, you've dropped the lamp. He's awake now. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, Chris. I told her not to make any noise. Miss Bradley, where are you? Hey, all right. Answer me. I thought I heard you screaming when I came in. It's kind of hard to find my way around this small flashlight. What, what, what's wrong? Why'd you scream? Over there. Uh, in that corner of the room. Well, there's nothing there but a bed and... Oh. Uh, it can't be. Oh, it's horrible. Horrible. Uh, a glass coffin with a skeleton in it. It's a lovely suit, Chris. It just came. And I also ordered some fresh cigars for you, darling. Is there anything else you want? And so ends the tale, To Have and To Hold, as it is written in the sealed book. The body of Christopher Drake which for 40 years had been encased by a glass coffin, was removed from the old mansion and buried. Shortly afterwards, Olivia died. Her last words were, 
I'm coming, Chris. Keeper of the book, before you close the great volume, show us the tale we tell next time. This one. Ah, yes. The strange story of a scoundrel who became wealthy through swindling hundreds of innocent people, only to discover that all his money couldn't protect him from justice. A tale titled Murderer Unknown. Be sure to be with us again next time when the sound of the great gong heralds another strange and exciting tale from The Sealed Book. The Sealed Book, produced and directed by Jock McGregor, is written by Bob Arthur and David Cogan. Please check out our website, www.astoundingoutpost.com where you will find short stories published each weekday uh, themed each month in the pulp variety uh, also we have Friday Night Freak Show where we show different B-movies every Friday and also please check out the Astounding Store <laughs>